Hello, all of you. Rhys Tekes, a true tickets to podcast Live to Butterfield. Today, I have a truly amazing guest in studio. Um, I don't interview ladies quite often, the females quite often, but from time to time, they're traversing from victim to victim story on uh, that side, it's necessary. And my guest today is going to teach you how to rule your own life despite all odds and how the society perceives you. Does the society perceives you as a sex object or does society sees you as a human? Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest in studio, she inspires me, Michelle Boundy. Oh, thank Michelle? you so much. Uh, thank, you, thank you so much for having me today. Michelle, look, thank you for driving for two hours from Newcastle <laughs> to come in a secret location here um, to talk to me and thank you for sitting in that hot chair and uh, let's go let's go peel your life as an onion and let's go other people learn from you mm. about life so Michelle let's go start from the end your yesterday was the last day in government after 20 30 34 years 34 years, years okay Okay, so, and why did you stop working for government after 34 years? I had uh, an incredible role and I was actually, was the national lead for wellbeing and then was the state lead for wellbeing. Yeah. And I had about 800 staff um, that I supported across New South Wales, ACT, through COVID, through the floods. And I finally had my my dream role. I started Mm -hmm. wellbeing Mm -hmm. um, right from the start 10 years ago. And it was my baby and I watched it grow and develop. And then all of a sudden I received this incredible phone call. It was life-changing. And so, you know, we want to offer you this incredible role. It was the first one for where I worked and and I loved it. It was crazy busy and I travelled all over the countryside and it was long hours and but I kind of thought, oh, my God, this is my dream role. Yeah. And dream role. It was my dream role. Well, well-being. Okay. Know. So that was the second time yeah. that I'd started um, a reform through government. First yeah. one was through state government. I was working as a child protection caseworker at the time. So they didn't have anything that was well-being. Yes. Because historically we were always about work, health and safety. You know, trips, slips and falls. Yeah, that's true. We need to start somewhere. That That is that is great. So, you know, you you had a quite extensive um, experience in, in government. What's the look like working in government? You know what I mean? Like I spent 20 years in government, mm. but I think <laughs> I was a different type of government. But what does it look like working in government for the female as yourself? So we're talking now historical data, right? You know what I mean? We don't talk about 2020 now. We're talking about oh, let's just know, say 1990, so, 1980. Yeah. What does it look like work? for the female in government then and now? It was very um, patriarchic. And yeah. so, and, and and I'll never forget, because historically, like I'd always done the special projects. Yeah. And I historically had always worked with perpetrators and oh. majority of those under 25. And I know because now, <laughs> okay. I'm, now I'm, she inspires me and all about yeah. women. Yeah. But I am so passionate about work with perpetrators because that's what I believe is the problem. Mm. not fixing afterwards. Yeah. We've got to get that bit right. So I'm really yeah. passionate about that. So I uh, work with sex offenders, pedophiles, um, pick people up from Long Bay, <laughs> all special project stuff, and I loved it. I 
What would you love this? It's like I, this is I, somebody nobody wants to do this thing. Why? Yeah, and no, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So um, I've worked with some of the states. Worst most complex oh, yeah. people. We won't say worse because uh, it's all about behaviour, not about the person. Um, I, I that, So that was 24 years and I loved every single minute of it. But what was really interesting, so historically I'd always worked on the field and then okay. all of a sudden that all went to the NGO sector from government okay. and so then I got a role in the office and that was interesting <laughs> and that was very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. So we had this side of the office was a little case workers like me yes, and the yes, therapist yes. and then that side was um, more like senior management and you weren't allowed to go up there unless you were actually with a senior and you had a reason and you had to either put a call through or an email through mm-hmm. saying that we were coming up. But I was just a 3-4 and you were reminded that you were a three four, and um, and I, I'd never kind of seen that before. And I think the biggest thing that freaked me out, because uh, you know I used to be a personal trainer and I competed at a state national level and always been really fit and really active. And I was really concerned about how I was seeing people manage stress. So was I, yeah. you know, alcohol, over-the-counter drugs, takeout. And i become really curious about this. And I had um, uh, a lady that uh, I was really quite concerned about. And we kind of didn't really necessarily get along. But I know this one day there was a bit of a change in her and she kind of come up and she said, oh, I noticed you're always at the gym. For you, right? Yeah, she said that to me and I thought this is interesting because she hadn't really kind of spoken to me before. And so I saw that as a bit of an opportunity and I said, yeah, you know, like I I love it. She said, why are you like at the gym all the time? And I said, well, it's real. Like I'm not a person that gets kind of stressed. Yes. Because it's like the cockroach on the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for me, my, my head does get very busy. Yes, and because, uh, you know, I go 100 miles now. So <laughs> I kind of find, you know, going to the gym or, mm. or walking along Bathers Way, listening to some music, I find that really soothing for me. And so I started sharing this with her. Um, so I cut her deal and got her to come to do a walk with me. Yeah. And I ended up building. Uh, like, so then she told someone else because she lost weight. And you know, she got really emotional one day. Oh, really? With okay, me. interesting. Yes. And she said, "You know, um, I so saw you differently." And I went, "Okay." And she said, um, "You know, you're not what I kind of thought, and you were actually really kind, and you actually really supported and really encouraged me." And she said, "Look, I've lost eight kilos. I'm now off my medication. My GP's going. I don't know, honey, what you're doing, but you look great." And so then she told someone else in the office. Mm. And so I end up building um, this network of like one lady to 48 in six weeks. And then what I started to do, which was really cheeky of me, is introduce stuff into the office. Okay, but did you start charging membership now? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I didn't, but I got into a lot of trouble for doing that. Oh, really? So to help other I, people? So right. I got directed up to the other end of the office and I basically was threatened with disciplinary action, that that is not your role. Okay. And I was heartbroken. And so then when I went back to the other side of the office, clearly you could see I was quite distressed. 
So that didn't go down well with my peers. But the crazy thing was, was all the other officers across the district heard about this woman who was doing this wellness stuff in the office. So next minute we get this phone call to the minister's office, who's this girl, you know, and he just said, oh, my God, she's amazing. Mm. And, and and I love it. So then two weeks later I won the state award. Well, I won the regional award, the state award, and finalist for work cover. Now work cover historically had didn't have a wellbeing section. So I won We that. know that, yes. That's correct, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and so it got rolled out statewide because mm. the proof was in the pudding and we were seeing massive changes with it with it with the staff. So we had Fresh Fruit Friday, we had Wellness Wednesday. Wellness Wednesday started out as a bit of a joke. And it's funny because a lot of my initiatives just come around being a, a bit of banter yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just catch on and people follow. And it was life-changing for some of these women. And so some of these women, you know, they had marriage breakups or they'd had children and they'd put on 20 kilos and, of course, they felt mm. awful. And um, and so we just had this incredible network that was really supportive and encouraging, but it just got too big. And then I was doing like um, walk and walk and talk. Yeah. So well. can I ask you one question? I said stress. Yeah. Um, do you believe that stress? It's actually we are. It's a man-made. I think that we are actively seeking and searching for the problems to cause us stress, and sometimes, of, of course, external situations, mm. but. The walking and the music, how good is that for the for the calming down? Like obviously because there's a lot of women around you um, who are there. Um, you know, I mean, mm. looks like you have a toxic office there, toxic, I'll call this toxic, toxic relationships towards you, right? Because people are hated what you're doing, you know, helping the other women. You know well, what I mean? well, we hate confident, strong women. We want to be that woman. But we hate that one. Can you? Can you? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Can you? Can you explain that's on this brutal. one? I want you to tell the truth now. I want you to tell her why is that there? Why we want a? Why we want a strong woman? Oh, because well, because I. Come but then we are like, you know, when the woman comes, sorry, to apologies. Yeah. I become heated now, and then it's like, oh, put them inside. Because I apparently can be quite intimidating. Can you? Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I was just going to make a step oh, back. I'm going to chase you and say, give us a hug. I want Listen, to I just want to move myself away. So like, okay, it's like, okay, so tell me, please continue. They say you are intimidating. Well, I, I just kind of think back then there was a culture around, uh, you know, who, who gets the jobs, oh, uh, you know. So I was the girl that had been there five seconds that, you know, everyone kind of loved around this wellbeing thing. And I got opportunities because of that. Yeah. And so then you resented for that because it's like, hang on a minute, you've been here five oh, minutes. Yeah. The I've been here five minutes. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And, uh, and How then, I can sabotage you now, like you will not be there where you. And no one puts baby in the corner, you know. I, yeah. lo- I love that saying. Nobody puts the baby in the corner. Yeah. And, and I'm going to write this down. Just a second. Yeah. Please continue. No yeah. one puts yeah. baby in the corner Nobody because – I, I kind of think that we are put in the corner and sometimes you just got to get yourself out and you got to think, well, so, so, I mean, this comes back to when I really believed in what I was doing in, the, in that office yeah, around yeah, wellbeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went home sobbing. Sobbing. I mean, that made me feel worthless. I'm sorry. You know, and, and, and so I, I kind of thought, well, I, I'm not giving up. If they don't want me to do this in the office, then... I'll, I'll look absolutely. 
but it got too big. And so, but then we got a change of management. Mm. Um, she was a phenomenal woman. She actually apologised for what I went through because I actually had the letter where I was threatened with disciplinary. Everything was stripped from my desk and my computer. Like it was just disgraceful. And I was heartbroken. I'm sorry, yeah. You know? But I loved that job and I, I loved job, the yeah. people that I, I worked with. It was, and, and, you know, you wouldn't have a sick day because I couldn't wait to get there. I just loved let, it. Let, 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 me, let me ask you this question for the all women. Is it good to be a woman who look, look after, like yourself, you know what I mean, uh, being um, somebody who is healthy, happy, um, good-looking? Is, is that a good quality to be in your office or not? Yeah, see, I'm going to challenge you on that. Because, Please, by all means. Because I don't, I, I just, you know, it's community's perception. Okay. So here's a girl who's five foot eight, blonde, you know, lives, lives in Merriweather. Yes. And and then, look, I met, I met someone a couple of months ago and he said to me, oh, you know, like, where do you live? Who, a man? Yeah. Okay. And so I've said, um, oh, you know, like, Merriweather, because yeah. it was my dream to live there. Yeah. I've sacrificed everything to live there. And then he goes, oh, of course you do. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's just like there's this perception that, you know, and I talked about this with Alan, with Alan on our podcast the other day. Mm. There's this perception because, you know, you're confident and, and, and people just think you've got it all. Yeah. When really, no. See, that's, I think that, I think that our parents actually, uh, it's our parents' fault. Uh, my, my, <laughs> no, honestly, my father was the same, you know, my father was the biggest um, hypocrite in, in, in the world, right? You know, he was the one who was always, you know, growing up in communism was a little bit different. You know, we lived very close and tight to each other and buildings was very close. You can see somebody else's uh, the bedroom, mm. right? It was that that's how bad it was. And my father used to be saying to me, Oh, this woman, she's a slut because she has a red makeup, you know. This guy drives the car because he's a thief, you know. And I said, like, why we don't have things? Because my father was drinking and you know, heavily smoking. I was along with my mom. So everybody there was bad. And if you mention that you're coming from some better part of the city, oh, you must be criminal. That's like, mm. why was what would that be? See, people don't see it, they don't know your story as you say well, you I sacrifice well, everything well, yeah. so a treat for me is to go and get my feet done once a month yeah let's go talk about sacrificing what is the sacrificing and is it necessary to reach your goals or you oh, know absolutely I will sack oh, oh I my, will oh my god like, like, I, just I will sacrifice, sacrifice. <laughs> I will sacrifice everything so every woman listen now like every any for the every woman and in man as well your perception on sacrifice if you want to reach the goals is awarded to sacrifice everything. Well, this year has cost me everything. This year has cost me mm. everything. Uh. And you know what? I've made a decision. If you come with me, great. If you don't, I'm okay with that as well. Okay. And so there's me and there's she inspires me and yeah. off I go. I'm, I've just come to that place now where I... I have incredible people around. I'm going to get really emotional because I feel. I, feel I know. Really, I'm, I'm here. I feel really Great passionate. People, people is like it's just me. It's us. I feel really. Pa- I feel really passionate yeah. um, about this. Yeah. Can and I can I switch on then on that on the, on the, that 
let's talk about sacrifice, but different way. Why do people give up on their dreams? What is your experience? What do you see in the people? Why they give up on their dreams? Doesn't matter, male or female, midgets, unicorns. Because we're scared. Because okay. we're scared and because we don't want 27 other people around us going, I told you so. I told you this was going to fail. Give me more. Give me so more. So you're give, just going to yes. have to come back to work. But but you know what's – so I've copped this all of my life, Okay. right? But you know what was different around – because historically we stay kind with all the – I had highly successful initiatives with – you know, they went international, mm. a lot of these – and I've raised serious funds for charity. Yes. Because I come up with things that are really unique and they're really, really different. And everyone goes, why the elephant in the room? But it just took off and it was usually successful. But and I and I and I and I love that about me. But Chance buys me's it's uh, it's it's very different, and the difference is instead of copying that, oh my god, she's going to wear an elephant suit. She's she's really lost it this time, or you mm. know. And it's really interesting because she inspires me. The support behind, and I call her, I refer to her as her, um, is phenomenal. And not one person has said to me, "You're crazy" or "You can't do like it's." It's, it's it's different. It's so di- – and everyone goes, oh, my God, it's so you. And I just think, oh, I just don't know. <laughs> I, just I, think, don't. I think that you are given – you don't give yourself enough credit, enough credit. And i tell you why. Being you, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Trust me. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when people look at social media, you are always smiling, always running. You're kind, you're generous and everything else. And you represent everything what people want to be but they don't dare to be. This is your strength. People want to be you. Women wants to be you, but they don't dare. So like it's easier to sabotage yeah. somebody. Uh, personally, I, I've been to that part of life and I couldn't care less, you know. I just said to myself, like, look, my very first business networking for the, my viewers and listeners, those who don't know, I started my business, uh, Inside Intelligence 2010. Because 2009 was a very difficult year for me. It was GFC, as you remember. Um, and my son was diagnosed with uh, with epilepsy. My marriage was falling. You know, everything was losses and losses and losses. Started my business, and I went for the my first business network meeting. Oh, okay, it's so, okay. So I come there, rock up in a suit. I was a little bit slimmer, just a little bit, not too much, but a little bit more. <laughs> um, and I as I'm walking inside that place, I'm mm-hmm. seeing everybody's, you know holding the glasses. I don't drink alcohol, right? So like, okay, but I'm going to start talking to people this way, this mm. way. And it comes this gentleman out of the blue, the big name in the Chamber of Commerce. And he says to you, and I said, ah, oh, man, I mean, don't do this with the finger. I'm going to rip off your finger, man, out. He says to me, you will never going to succeed. And I said, oh, okay, why is that? Yeah, and um, he says to me, he told me that I will never succeed because I need a speech therapist and I need a psychologist and everybody else because my English is a shit. And I said, like, I know that my English is shit. But you know what, Michelle? I spent next five years apologizing, literally apologizing before I even start conversation with you or seeing potential client. I was like, excuse me, English is my fifth language. I know you maybe don't understand. People look like this, like, why are you saying these things? Whereas I would say, oh, my God, that's phenomenal that you speak both languages. And then the one one gentleman pulled me on the side, his client today, he says to me, why are you doing this 
and he starts swearing. I said, like, look, that and that and that. So I try to say to you, apologizing to others for your dreams, it's wrong. And I'm admiring for that. I'm admiring you today sitting here. Mm, so you've, re you've really hit a nerve with me now because that's about diversity, isn't it? It is. But it's like you representing this, What you represent what the most women want to be, like, you know, blonde, tall, whatever, you know, walking, running. Most of the people can't even walk anymore. And you, you know, you're running. So like that's the, that's the things, you know, people desiring, you know what I mean? So why did you start it? She inspires me. And I want to know, I want the truth. Why the red lipstick and why red yeah. high heels at the end? Yeah, look. Well, so, well, well, because, you know, the shoe actually symbolizes uh, power, doesn't it? Okay. And, and, and the red shoe symbolizes blood. Okay. And the lips yeah. is, well, I don't often wear makeup. Yeah. I'm obsessed with lips. That's just my thing. So it's a, your unique signature. That's a, your signature what represents Absolutely. high heels. Yeah. Absolutely. But she inspires me. It's all about diversity. Okay. And because for me, I so desperately wanted to find this year a place where where do I fit? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't seem to fit anywhere. And I kind of thought, well, does it matter where I live? Does it matter uh, how much I earn? Does it really matter the car that I drive? Mm. You know, all my – and so I found there was, you know, there's different pockets. And I'm not talking about my community. I'm talking about life in general. Yes. And, and, and so that, you know, if you've got a disability where you belong here – you know, mm. or if you're a businesswoman, and see, I'm government through and through, born and bred into it. <laughs> I can see that like, that's it. And I'm not a businesswoman, although if Ed was here, he'd say, honey, you are now. And I get that. Yeah. But I'm talking about 34 years in government that I loved. I loved every single minute of it. But I, I, I think, you know, if you're not a businesswoman, you, you kind of don't fit into these networking groups. It's a bullshit. And I've struggled with this. It's a bullshit. But well, I think that f first and foremost, <laughs> I say this to you with a full right. And I always say, when I see the man who has a, such a urge and thirst to prove himself he's a man, particularly the alpha males, those rough and tough guys, this is the first ones who's going to dump you, betray you, and they're not those ones. They're bullies and... I saw them. I saw them in the war. I always come back to the, my stories. People who I always admired, even in Chamber of Commerce, people, business people, mm -hmm. turns out later on that these guys doing this for the last five years and they never moved away from this Chamber of Commerce, never uh, ventured out in the world and try to discover explorers, you know what I mean? But one thing, what you displaying, it's a courage. Not bravery. Bravery is something else. Bravery. Oh, I hate that word, bravery. If, if one more person says to me, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're so brave, what are you doing? Well, no, it's no. not. C courage is a more stronger than bravery. Bravery, that's the reason why we are, have the three badges in, in from the war, bravery under fire, bravery this one, because you're facing certain uh, oh, Not an fiction. By courage. <laughs> courage. Courage is a something what moves yeah. you out. It's a here. And you done it. So, like, don't. Talk 34 years in mean, government. You you know what to say. Well, you know the biggest thing I've learned. What? Especially in the last 24 hours, because hasn't that been interesting? 24 hours, okay. Been, Please tell that, me. You know, no sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a damn good businesswoman. Of course. Oh! Mm. 
All ladies, I want you to see this face. Say yeah, again, yeah, you yeah. are the goddamn good businesswoman. Because apparently, yes. apparently, you know, we surveyed 100 people and the first response was, yeah, yeah. I'm a damn good marketer and I'm a damn good brander. Yeah. Because you look at all these initiatives that I've had and how successful they've been and you look at what I've done not only in one government but another. And I, I don't have any problem. This is my downfall is that I can be in a room of um, very senior delegates in government yeah. and everyone will go, yes, and I'll go, yeah, no, sorry, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I that's, that's been my downfall. I maybe have gotten in trouble for that once or twice. I don't think it's a downfall. Again, I say to you, you all know by the apology. I, I didn't expect it. Oh, it was going to go this direction. Usually, the, you know, this is very fi- fiery interview, right? Because I see the passion and you yeah, bring desire. Yeah, I blame she inspires me for okay. that. Okay. <laughs> no, like, I come back again with a story. Like, every time when I do my podcast or I am referring something to history, uh, some events, using my examples. And I do remember the days or two days before my father passed away, I, I come to see to him, you know, mm. I see you, I need to go in the hospital, I need to take a sharpness out of my mouth, and I said, like, I'll see you when, you know, I come back for the few days from hospital, right? So my father was dying from cancer, and mm. I mean, he was there, and, you know, I said, I need to do it anyway. But then he called my hand, right? Like, strength out of blue, like, I'm just like, okay, what he wants? Because we never been close, my dad and I. And uh, he says to me, I want to just say to you, I wish... I was do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I said to him, "Isn't oh, now wow. too? Isn't that too? Oh. Yeah, isn't that too late, dude?" And you know, he looked at me like with this, this, with these angry eyes, like literally angry eyes, because he realized that moment, something obviously, you know, in his head, that he never done things he wanted to do this, because he was always being afraid. My father was the biggest coward on the planet Earth. He was my father. I can't blame him for this. When the war started, he dumped me. I was 18 years old. Night before, he held my mommy's hand. I remember. He left a message. That. He's gone. Okay, I fine. You know, dude, that. no worries. Don't bullshit on me to him. But my father, till that moment, was the bravest guy. Everyone's like, oh, you know, my dad, my dad. I was like, my dad is just a bully. Second thing it is, you done this for yourself. It's your decision. And that's what I want every woman now learn from that's you. That's really powerful. Oh, wow, that was really powerful. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. fucking feel that. Oh, thank you. But that's, so <laughs> the, mean, so, so let's have a conversation. Yeah, we're having a conversation, yes. Around <laughs> how do you move on from that? So I'll give you a really good example. Yeah. She, she, again, I'm going to blame. She inspires uh, me. There's yeah. things that I'm really passionate yeah. about and I get fired up about. Yes. And normally I can contain that. Yeah. But... Um, she inspired me, went down this path around domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's two incredible men that really stepped up to the plate and, and led me through a really a difficult time. And and as you know, you know, I'm a very big supporter of the Alison Baden-Clay Foundation. Okay. And I went up for the Strive to Be Kind Day. Um and, I, and I'm very passionate about that charity and that's a charity that I really want to support long yes. term. Okay. Ladies and, and gentlemen, I'm going to put the comment section below <laughs> so you can you can click the link what uh, Michelle provided so you can join this charity. Yeah. Yes. And so I went on this journey up to Queensland, met all these 
incredible people and it was the most powerful week of my life. It changed me. I come mm-hmm. home completely different. But I guess what then kind of happened is she inspired me then kind of become all about, um, you know, domestic violence. And and then I just got flooded by all these poor women that had experienced the most horrific things. And I had families ringing me up in tears because... um, they'd lost their loved ones in the most horrific Mm. circumstances. And I think what I struggled with is that we're not going to be able to change that. But but how do we as women move forward? So I'm really passionate about, you know, kindness, connection and community. And those are really three powerful things you know, as women, we need to be kind to each mm. other, especially when we know what's going on. We're, we've got a choice here. Yes. We can step up to the plate and support women we know that yeah. are going through domestic violence. Yeah. Or we can go, nah, you know, don't want to get involved, really. This is, you know, none of my business. Or we or we choose sides. We take sides. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the most powerful thing is about connection because, you know, from my 34 years in government and, you know, I used to work on the streets as a soldier with the Salvation Army, I've got a big background in this, especially around drug and alcohol. We know drug and alcohol, mental health, domestic violence yes, yeah. is very heavily linked, yeah. right? And so I think, you know, that connection, that one connection can change someone's life just to be brave but enough you're, you're, you're now, yes. to go up to someone and go, are you okay? Because I can guarantee you, you know, women have powerful intuition. We know if someone's not okay. But but don't put in a text. Don't ring up every six months. Care enough about women as women enhancing and supporting, encouraging. This is, you know, empower me and we'll talk about that later. You know, step out in faith and actually, you know, support someone and community. Community has a massive role to play in supporting women around domestic violence, and we make a choice. I I can certainly tell you, you know, you know I'm right. You know no, I'm right around um, this. Yeah. Look, I try to find the best best cause. You know, I mean, like, and one of them, it is the Gandhi or Mother Teresa. Like one one person changes the world around. You know, what I mean, because it's a nucleus. So that's what you are. You're in a nucleus. Of the atom, you know what I mean, and that's where they start uh, gravitating and levitating around you. I have a discussion recently with somebody here, and we spoke about mental health. And uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of young male um, who are contemplating this very moment to end their life. Mm-hmm. And then I t- said to myself, yeah. "Let me do a little research." I abuse my son uh, bibliography because he studied medicine. I said to him, dude, I, I just wanted some 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 data. You know, I don't want to go on the internet. But I want it from you. We find out through the Australian um, Australia government sector. I need to find exactly what's it called the the, the government sector. Um, did we find out that one in five Australians this very moment? One in five. Four point seven million Australians 
are on antidepressants this very moment. Yeah. 44.4 million dollars has been dispensed, sorry, 40, 44.4 <laughs> million pills has been dispensed at 21-22 and that trend is actually starting high. The youngest patient is a five years old. And uh, in that discussion with my son, I said, why people take antidepressants and he's gone through all of this, you know, I'm the, mm. I'm the doctor. And it's like, shut up, I, mm. I want to do my research. Only what people need is a glimpse of hope and somebody to listen to them. There you go. And I'm inviting everybody, guys. I'm going to put the comment section below. She inspires me. I want you to support this cause. I want you to find the answers on your quest, you know, particularly domestic violence. And as a Michelle, she has a tremendous, tremendous experience working on the street with Salvation Army, you know, helping the people with the drugs, abusing, and, you know, other things. In You kind of find better con. Cons, cons, counsel, you know, the counseling, I mean, counseling us, everybody, you know what is happening. Well, I, yeah. But you decided she, she inspires me. So, like, what, what, how are we going to empower women? I, I didn't gonna... I didn't want she inspires me to have one particular focus. Yeah, she has see? gotten so big now that, that, you know, she inspires me about everything. Mm. It's not about, you know, uh, domestic violence. Just about domestic it's not concept, about homelessness. Yeah. It's not about... Disability. Like it's it's about it's about everyone and everything. Um, you're looking empowering someone is giving someone hope, and supporting them, encouraging them. And I, I, I mean, my phone never stops with people that. And you know, so let's talk about empower me. Yes. So I've come up with this concept, and it's it's all about connection. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier, connections here. One connection is necessary. Yes, that's correct. Because when I did the 50 Walks project uh, with, with, with Stay Kind, it, it, it started out, again, as a, as a bit of a joke, around 50 walks. And so I just had all these people that I didn't know come and do a walk with me along Bathers Way, which is beautiful in, in Newcastle, along mm-hmm. the waterfront there. Yeah. And one of the things that I actually found, so I wanted to know who you were, you know, what do you do? And how did you find COVID? Because, you know, I just I just want people to talk about what's going on for them and not kind of drill them about all this other kind of stuff. And what I saw through that was incredible. So we, we saw two kinds of people. So we saw the ones that thrived and then we saw the ones that really struggled. They lost their business, you know, their, 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 their wife walked out or they lost. Oh, I mean, I had one woman who moved here through um, just two weeks before COVID hit and she was pregnant at the time, but she didn't actually know. And so the, so the dream was is that all the family from India would, you know, they'd come out and then yeah. move here. And so the whole, whole family of 14 completely wiped out with COVID. And, and, and so she's literally falling apart on me, you know, as we're walking along going, you know, my life is just horrific. I, I have no support. My husband lost his job. Um, he had a bit of a breakdown. He can't work. So I've now got to be the breadwinner. And it was those, the, the stories were incredible. And I think that, you know, that's where tell your story, you know, she inspires me, tell your story. That That's, that's what I kind of see that platform for, for women to be able to share their that stories. That is so good, eh? Beg yeah, your pardon? That's so good. And I tell you why it's good. In a safe and nurturing environment. Safe or nurturing environment. And I'm only, but but they've got it. But they've got to give me what they want to share. I don't write your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to write what you feel comfortable. 
and I've changed people's names and I've changed pictures. So if you get a picture of a scenery, that's because it may not be safe for that woman, you know, to be able to share or to feel comfortable. Mm. So, you know, there's always ways because we want every woman in this country to be seen and to be heard. You know what you're doing? I need to... Please tell me. No, I want to share. I, wanna, you know, I, I heard you. I heard you. And uh, you reminded me of the um, two people who are, uh, make a significant impact on my life. First one is my my first ex-wife. And she's a, she's a doctor. I mean, she's doing something else in life. But um, she's an anesthesiologist now. But she told me, um, well, she will come home. She'll be very, very visibly stressed and upset. And I said, well, what's happening? She said, she will tell me this. Every patient walks to that door there, right? He says, I least doing medicine mm. or medical procedures. Mm. I'm doing mostly listening to problems. Mm. So they come with the problems because the people know once when they walk to the GP, they have a 10, 15 minutes of safe space. That, that's if you can get into a GP. You're going to wait maybe two to six weeks to see a GP. Yeah, that, okay, we talk about old times, I mean, mm. the times before. And secondly, I was an altar boy, right? I was um, I was very naughty in primary school, and uh, I was running from the cops. I was seven years old. I still live from the shops, and uh, I ran into church, and from that moment, that, that nun changed in my life. I become the priest, uh, sorry, uh, the altar boy for the good priest. Um, oh, praise who, God for that. Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he was such a good priest to me, and um, he told me that, Mostly of this uh, after Sunday or before or after the mass confessions was actually conversations. He will say like, mm-hmm. I can't listen to these old ladies, you know what I mean? Because they come with the stories. My grandson, my granddaughter, my, my daughter, mm-hmm. my son, and all these things. But you create a platform because that is what I'm pinpointing. People need to be heard. And so I need to listen to them. That's what you're doing. And I truly believe that's the way should be done. People can Speak. You can't speak to a thousand people, but a thousand people can send a letter and you can publicize. Well, like, yeah. And, and, and again, you know, empower me. Yeah, empower me. Because it's like, and this is what I was saying to you before, like we've, we've got to do early intervention, mm. right? So because, you know, when you talk about all those young people, we were losing three to four to five young kids up, up in the Hunter every mm. week. And, you know, Early interventions are a really powerful thing, and we've yeah. got to get we've got to get that right yeah. because we're, all we're doing is pouring. If we're not pouring all our money into mental health, we're pouring it into DV. It's not changing anything; it's getting worse. Seventy-two percent of police, apparently, according to data, is all around domestic violence. They're trying to let it keep it, up. It, it is. So, what I love about Empower Me is that I guess you know it take you know it takes two weeks to get into a GP, six to eight weeks to see a psychologist. I can't afford the $230 to see a psychologist and anything that's attached to trauma or that's complex, especially when you when you look at our mental health sector at the moment, people need long-term intervention. They can't afford it. That's really good. That's a say to you. This is, I'm so, truly, I believe that you are so interrupting again. 44.4 million pills has been dispensated, given to Australians, and you are the and it's one, a one. And it's a band-aid. Yes, but, and it's a band-aid. But one Michelle is going to change this. I make a prophecy right now. You're going to change this. Well, Michelle's going to try, but no, Michelle will. Yes. So let me just go back and mm-hmm. and and correct myself on that. 
I'm creating a platform with my program. Yes. That you can have 24-7 access to me within reason. Please don't call me at 10 o'clock at night because I'm unconscious mm. by 8. But I, 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 don't, I don't want to say, well, you can come and see me on a, on, on a week uh, next mm. Friday. I have half an hour for you. No. So, you know, we want to support and encourage and empower women. And, it, and, it, and sometimes it's just, we talked about this before, having someone to bounce off. It doesn't have to be something big and ugly and, you know, you know, I've been approached by women who um, have been in a marriage for a really long time. That marriage didn't last. They've no education. They don't get any Centrelink benefit. And, yeah. and so I was like, oh, my God, Michelle, I have to get, uh, you know, I have to get a job. Um, That's a tragedy. I have to get a job. Well, well, I have to. Well, and then how do we empower women when they're backed into a corner? No one puts baby in the yeah, corner. But yeah. um, you know, I, I, I want to be a support. And you know, let's have a conversation about that woman in China who started the hug thing. And so Sunrise did a massive story on it. And went, oh my god, like, this is like really. And all she did was sat next to someone, had a coffee with them, and gave them a hug. You know, we're a, we're a society that, uh, you know, in one way we're all on top of each other, but in another way we're also alone. You know, we don't know our neighbours anymore. I grew up, right, where mum was home and then, you know, circumstances changed, mum had to go and get a job and stuff, but we knew all the neighbours. You know, if the football was on, you know, I hate football, but no disrespect. Um but if you know, if the big football was on, our house was the party house. Yeah. My dad was the life of the party. <laughs> so you had all the women upstairs and yeah. making the potato salad yeah. and talking about, did you hear about Joan? Yeah, did you hear yeah, about yeah, such yeah, and such? Yeah, yeah. I heard her daughter got pregnant. You know, all this yeah, like gossip, gossip, yeah, yes, gossip. Yes, don't you yes, love yes. gossip and how damaging <laughs> gossip is? Um, and then the men were downstairs because dad was very, very good at playing darts. Okay. And grew up in an environment didn't do clubs and pubs, parents didn't drink, but dad might have one scotch. It never ended well, but, you know, we knew everyone. We knew when someone had a baby. We knew people's birthdays. We knew when someone was sick. And you had that sense of community. Now, God knows who you live with. Like, no, like, like do, mm. you know, do you know? Do you know who your neighbours are? And guess what, Mario, do you care? So a lot of those projects that I did around kindness is that, and I remember doing this interview with ABC and they were going, oh, you know, Michelle, you know, you, I walked 50 kilometres in a day non-stop along Bathers Way and it poured rain and then it was one of the hottest days of the year and I, I don't know how the hell I did that, but I did it. <laughs> and the whole thing, because, you know, I don't think about know, these I things, know, yeah. you know, this is the problem with me sometimes. And I just thought, oh, you look, I can go and do that. Didn't train for it. I had a horrific accident. Oh, and sorry. so I had seven months off F45. I couldn't. Couldn't do it. And everyone told me, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. And, you know, that's all I heard two weeks leading up to this was all these excuses. Your leg's not going to cope. It's going to be too hot. What if this? What if that? Well, what if I do? Well, what if I do, yes. Sometimes you just got to back yourself because no one else is going to. But then deep down they go, oh, my God, I knew you were going to do that. But it's just this negative, you know, kind of attitude sometimes. But, you know, but the whole community come out. It was incredible. And, of course, the disability sector, who's my biggest supporter. Yeah. So we had all these people in wheelchairs. We were pushing them up the hill. It was incredible. 
And I remember talking to ABC about, if they said, well, Michelle, like, why are you doing this? It's like crazy. Why don't you just have a raffle like normal people? And so <laughs> I just said, well, you know, I'm the happiest when I've got my tights on my Nikes, yeah, yeah. that stay kind shirt, which I just miss so much. Am I ever going to get over that? Probably not. And then the cap, <laughs> talking to my community. Yeah. You know, I just, I, 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 ju- I love it. You know? We're going to be there. So let's go before we wind up. How people can support you? How they can support She Inspires Me? Did you think about this ever? You know, how they can support you? Yeah, I, I, I want a national movement. Okay. I want a voice for women in this country. I want okay. women to be seen and heard. And Ladies. Um, and I will do that. Support Michelle. National moment. <laughs> she has a great platform. She has a great connections. She does this for a long time. That's very important. So, Michelle, you love walking. Tell us more about your walking. What is the walking for you? I saw your images. Always hat, you know, always oh, yeah. happy, smile. Look at what I'm leaving and, you know. Yeah. Tell and us. Well, look at where I live. You know, and the more and one of the biggest things because I'm on my majority of my work up until yesterday was at home. Oh, okay. And and you know, I think I don't think that was very good for my mental health because I'm a social butterfly. I really want to encourage people to get back into our offices, you know, and start yeah. connecting with people. You're, think, you're hearing me. I'm I I I'm hearing you, but Michelle, I think that uh, something's happened during the COVID. Uh, I think that people love to be in their PJs at home. Uh, yeah, but 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 also you need to get out and get some sun on you, as as, as well. Get some fresh air, see some dolphins and some whales. <laughs> smell the coffee, get the sand between your toes. There's yeah. something magical about that. If the beach, you know, if you live in Parramatta and you haven't yeah, got a beach, yeah. like, go and just sit in a park, and have five minutes to yourself. It's really interesting because interesting, in, yeah. in the last 24 hours, you know, I have this picture of She Inspires mm. Me. Mm-hmm. I'm now going to tilt it. Yes. And I think she's actually going to go another way. I don't think having these big events and doing all that kind of stuff is the go. I think it's just that one-on-one connection. I'm just going to invite now everybody to support you. So you be prepared to people come to you and say like, what I can do with you, like, you know what I mean? You wanna, well, you, I've got all the time in the you, world you, you now, will, you haven't will, I? You, My you, calendar's free. Uh, you, look, you you are the business woman because, like, you know, uh, starting this some type of um, events, right, you know what I mean, like yourself, starting some some new moment, it's a business itself. You know what I mean? Are you going to need every hand possible? So mm-hmm. how do you release your stress? How do you... You know, take a negativity away from you. Is that a walking? Is it just a sun walking on sand? Well, so, so I've left work. Yeah. And my calendar's free. Okay. And I'm going to do all those things that I love to do. I still haven't gotten to Glass Brasserie or or Naboo oh. or a couple of those other restaurants. And so I'll just put it out there. Let's go. I would love for people to join me. I don't care if it's one person or 27. You know, I've got a great big list that I'm going to start ticking off all those things and I want people to come with me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Michelle Bundy here in Secret Location <laughs> with me in studio sharing her journey. And mm. as Michelle stated, no one puts baby in the corner. So ladies and gentlemen, comment section below, contact Michelle, 
go behind Michelle, stand mm-hmm. with next to Michelle, in front of Michelle, and do kindness to everybody. I help those who need. Michelle knows how. So, Michelle, thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you for driving from Newcastle to come here for the interview. And uh, so thank you guys for supporting Michelle. So thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank you so much.